Did a factory in South Carolina accidentally discover a force field? And then we take a look at the strange connection between ghosts and pedophiles today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rev Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. I hope you all survived the eclipse. I hope that lunar eclipse didn't awaken some sort of dark ancient god or the Triffids didn't show up or any of that. I'm pre-recording this episode, so I don't know. We could all be dead, but probably not. You're probably listening to this episode in the comfort of your own car, workplace, bed. A lot of people listen to this podcast when they fall asleep. I always think it's so funny and they always go, no. You know, I'm not trying to insult you, but listen to your podcast as I'm falling asleep. And I'm like, I don't take it as an insult. I have a smooth, uh, I have a uh, nice sounding voice, I guess. Sounds weird to me. It's not how I think I sound, but when I listen to it, I'm like, Ugh. it's a little, little, little annoying. But anyway, so, because I'm just so used to hearing a different voice. But it's interesting because when I listen to a podcast, it sounds like I'm listening to someone else's podcast. So that's kind of cool. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the first story. Now, the first story, it's really short, but it's quite fascinating. It was discovered on accident, and I'm honestly kind of surprised they haven't tried replicating it again. Who knows? They may. They may be doing that. The year is 1980. The state, South Carolina, the city, I didn't write down in my notes. So somewhere in South Carolina, there was a 3M factory. 3M is the makers of the post-it note. And the 3M actually means something. It originally was like a letter, a name that had three M's in it. Here's a here's a quick note, though, unrelated. It's a little, I guess it's related because it's sticky. Scotch tape, you know, scotch tape, that is a racist, that is a racist slur. The reason why they came up with the name scotch. Oh, I think 3M makes scotch tape, actually, so it is related. Scotch tape is a racist slur. When you look, it's that's just not me being like, you know, sensitive to it. I'm not Scottish. It doesn't matter. You know, at the beginning of each piece of scotch tape roll, there's the little plaid tartar on the, the beginning. This is why it is called scotch tape. This is so bizarre. Because there used to be this old-timey stereotype that Scottish people were super stingy. And so scotch tape was as sticky as a Scotsman to his money. That's why it's called scotch tape. That is so racist. It's, it's quite hilarious. I remember once I was at work and there was this old guy. He had to be like, I don't know, 70 or 80 years old. And this was only a couple years ago. And he's like, hey, you want to hear a joke? Now, he always told like the worst jokes. He's actually passed away now, but he was a nice guy. He always told really bad jokes. He's like, hey, you want to hear a joke? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm humoring him. And he goes, well, and I don't remember the exact joke. I just remember the punchline. But he's like, this Scottish guy goes, it's like World War II. And the Scottish guy goes to a repair shop with a condom and says my condom busted my condom blew up can you repair it and the guy's like yeah i think i can repair it so he repairs it and the next night the scottish guy shows back up the repair shop and is like i mate i need you i need you to repair me 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 condom again and the guy's like okay and he repairs it again now it's quite disgusting to think that this repair man is i mean i hope he wore some protective gear as he's like touching this used exploded condom the next night, the Scottish guy shows back up again to the repair shop and goes, can you repair this condom? The repair owner goes, well, you know, I can repair the condom, sure, but 
Like, how do you keep breaking these? And he's like, oh, it's not just me. It's me and my 20 Scottish friends are using it. And he told me that joke. And I thought, how old are you? Like, I have not, I've known that there, I know that there's a stereotype of Scottish people being stingy because of Scotch tape. I have never once in my life ever had anyone come up to me and be like, man, that guy's as sticky as a Scotchman. Like, I've never heard that stereotype spoken to me. But he told, and it's funny because he told me the joke, assuming that I knew that Scottish people are super stingy. Like, if he told that joke to anyone else, they'd be like, okay. Like, they'd then be waiting for the punchline because it's not a well-known stereotype. I just happen to know that because I read about Scotch tape. And I laughed at the absurdity of it. And I also laughed because I was thinking, how old are you really? Like, you sound like you might be pre-Civil War old if you're telling a joke about how stingy Scottish people are. Anyways, that all being aside, and you'll never be able to look at Scotch tape again after hearing this. Every time you see that little little plaid at the beginning of the Scotch tape, you're going to be like, that is hella racist. That's super, super racist. Anyways, 3M, they're in this factory in South Carolina in an unnamed city. They have these huge giant rolls of something called polypropylene. Polypropylene. These giant spools. It's 50,000 feet of polypropylene. Forget it. In these spools, and each spool is 20 feet wide. So it's these massive things, and they just spin all day long. People are like, ah, oh, I'm getting a headache. But the problem is, is they generate a massive amount of static electricity as they're... And so people who have to walk around with... If you get stung by this static electricity, it's like 20 volts. You're like... I mean, it's bad enough when someone walks up behind you and just tacks you... With their finger when they're shuffling on the car. I haven't done that in years now that I think about it. When's the last time you shock someone on purpose? I think as you get older, there's less carpet in the world. I think it's one of nature's horrible tricks. There's not enough stuff to shock people with. But if you got shocked by these, it was quite the jolt. But you'd have to have people walk around with meters and stuff like that to make sure it's not putting out too much static electricity. Well, one day back in 1980, this guy was walking around with his meter and it was these two spools were generating a massive amount of static electricity, more than normal. And he begin, he's with his meter, and he begins to walk in between the spools. And they're fairly well placed out. He's not going to get caught into it and you know, get all squeezed together like a tube of toothpaste. He was walking between it, and the guy says, this is from this news article, he goes, all of a sudden, like I'm walking in between these two spools, and I started to feel like I was walking in water. Like, not like puddles, but like way steep in water. I started to feel like my motion was slowing down as I was moving between these two spools. And he goes, what was weird about it was the deeper I got into between these two spools, the more resistance I was feeling on my body. And he goes, then I saw a fly fly into where I was at and it started like flying super slow. Little fly wings. And he's watching this fly. I don't know if it was flying in slow motion, but it definitely, maybe it was just getting pushed back, but. The fly was trying to fly past him, and it was also being repelled. And at that point, the guy says, I think based on the force I was feeling, that even a bird, if it flew into this area, would be pushed against. At this point, he made he could have done one of two things. He could continue to walk through this area to see what would happen, or walk backwards. Now, he did the smart thing. He walked backwards. I think a lot of people would just keep on walking and who knows, would you have just gotten completely frozen in place because now you got this stuff, whatever this force was around your body, you can't move back or forth. 
And so he told everyone, it's like, dude, you can't walk between there right now. There's something going on. And other workers started trying it. And they're like, oh, and they'd be like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. The boss who oversaw the factory was like, guys, quit quit messing around at work. And they're like, there's some sort of field down there you can't walk through. Boss totally didn't believe it because he walked right through it. And they figured out it only happens early in the morning, whether it's the humidity or something that's going on with the temperature. As the day went on, and maybe as the machines were warming up or whatever, it dissipated. So they told the boss, they're like, come in early tomorrow. It was just a trick to get the boss to come in early tomorrow. And they toilet paper all over his car. And they're like, ha ha. But no, they're like, come in early tomorrow and try it out. So he showed up early and the boss went to walk through it like he had before. Couldn't. He was actively being repelled. At that point, the boss was like, because he's a boss and not a scientist, he goes, okay, call the engineers out. We got to fix this. The engineers came out, fixed the machine so it wasn't putting out so much static electricity. Never had the problem again. It's interesting, though, to think that this was discovered accidentally. It could most likely be replicated again without having to have these giant spools of polypropylene. But, I mean, even if you did need these giant spools, that would be a good security measure. One, it'd be super loud. Well, I guess it'd only be a good security measure between the hours of 5.30 and 7. But if you could replicate that in a way that would last longer, you would have, by all definitions, a force field. You would have something that people could not walk through. Or at the very least, walking through it would considerably slow you down. I mean, think about it. Instead of like a police barricade, instead of police tape at a crime scene, you have like this mother sobbing over her son. You just hear this. <laughs> going on. And bystanders are trying to get close and they're like getting stuck. Flies are getting stuck. And actually, you could use that too. The killer's trying to get away. Just throw a bunch of rolls down the street. They're rolling down opposite streets. He's like running towards the intersection. They both meet at the intersection. <laughs> He gets stuck. His 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 accomplice in crime is a fly. It's all little bandit mask on. Interesting stuff. It always makes you wonder what other weird scientific discoveries are out there that just haven't accidentally been discovered. I think purple dye was discovered on accident. I think someone knocked something over and it turned purple. You knocked a chemical over and it turned purple. And at that time, purple was super rare. It was very very expensive. That's why there's almost no flags with purple in them. And purple was considered a sign of royalty because it was a super rare dye. Then one day some chemist was dicking around and he knocked over a vial and it landed on some cloth and it turned purple. No joke, he quit being a chemist and began manufacturing purple clothing and became a millionaire. Or like a... I guess you'd still be a millionaire if it was all in francs. It's just a million francs instead of real money. Okay, our next story. I actually found, because I was looking for something else. Now, I'm sure it's out there, but I don't know how much I want to find it. So I'm just going to assume that it exists and just kind of call it a day. Because I don't really want to type it into Google over and over again. And I even didn't want to type this one into Google over and over again. I was thinking it, I was thinking the other day, I go, I wonder if there is a fetish. This is going to sound super bizarre, but this is kind of the world that we live in. I wonder if there is some sick, gross fetish of child molesters who summon the ghost of... of <laughs> this is so bad. I wonder if there's a fetish for child molesters who summon the ghosts of kids to molest them. Now, that would have, one, probably, but two, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can summon the ghosts of anybody. I don't think you can choose who you summon the ghosts of. I don't think any part of it would work. That doesn't keep people from being weird and try. 
But again, I didn't want to like find a bunch of yeah, gross fan art or ugh stories and stuff like that. I was just I was like, I wonder if there's been like somebody arrested for trying to do that or you know, someone stopped at a Walmart for buying a Ouija board and a My Little Pony toy at the same time. Like there that has to exist. But again, I'm not I so curious. I'm banging down the door to find out. I'm just going to assume there's at least a few sickos. I have a theory. If you can think of the fetish, there's at least 10 people in the world who believe in it. No matter how bizarre it is. People getting off, sticking beeswax up their butthole. There's a group of people who are into that. People who love the sound of paper bags being ripped next to a volcano. There's someone into that. Like, no matter what fetish you can think of, there's going to be a group of people that are into that. But I did go home and type in ghost child molesters. And I thought what I was going to find was some weirdo saying, oh yeah, I've summoned the the ghost of Shirley Temple, but she died as an old woman, so I, I had to use my imagination or whatever. Like, thought I was going to find at least one freak. Instead, I found that there is a bizarre connection between pedophiles and ghosts. And it's not as surprising as you would think. Like, at first I was like, what? And as I was finding all these articles, I was thinking, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Now, you know, pedophiles are gross on many counts. Obviously, they're having sex with children. They are, well, just being attracted to children, but they have, they're having this attraction to children, they're having sex with children. That's all very physically gross. And then you have the mental grotesqueness, where it's the manipulation, it is the overwhelming fear and tyranny that an adult brings into a child's life when they're engaged in this. And it's always, it's it's just a, it's a sex fetish. Like, I give more credit to a, Man who kills people, like a, a like a guy robbing a train. Like, yes, you're killing people for money, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that that's a great career path, but he's getting the money for a for a particular reason. Like, he's having this shootout, he's running up alongside a train, or just even nowadays, robbing a bank with an AK-47. Like, you're committing a crime for material gain and that material that money can be used to access other parts of your life or to pay off debts or to get your drugs or whatever but for your crime that you which I'm molestation the crime you are committing is 100% based on your own like sexual gratification it's the, i i mean i guess you could probably say well what if the guy's just robbing a bank to pay for prostitutes like yes i'm sure there's some gray area with my bank robbery ex- ex- analogy but i one of the things that makes me more disgusted towards pedophiles is they're ruining a life for a short period of pleasure. They're ruining someone's entire life for a short period of pleasure. So it's super, it's, that's incredibly disgusting to me, that thought. These guys go the extra, and girls in this story, go the extra mile. They use children's fear to get them. Now, this is we're just going to basically touch on these that's not a pun we're basically going to just go through these here because they're just it's the they're so bizarre i did a previous episode about this as well and i thought it was a one-off thing where a guy was trying to get a girl to sleep with him and was leaving notes she was terrified of a ghost he was leaving notes under her door saying i'm a ghost sleep with your neighbor or i will haunt you forever and she was so petrified of ghosts she ended up sleeping with him he's in prison for the rest of his life we're going around the world with this one too. This isn't this isn't a localized thing. First, we're going to India, where a prestigious, maybe not, maybe it's just a regular girls' school, but it sounded prestigious, where there was an all-girls school, and the woman in charge, the headmistress, 
thought this was super funny. She would dress up as a ghost, and she would just walk along the hallways at night. And people saw her and went, oh my god, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. Then she started coming into like the dorm area, and she would walk, as the girls were sleeping, she would dress up as a ghost, walk around the sleeping girls, and just kind of like look at them. And the girls would hear her, but they wouldn't want to wake up because they knew something weird was happening. They would kind of catch glimpses of their headmistress pretending to be a ghost. And they're like, that's weird. Sometimes the headmistress would then, in real time, like during the day, would begin talking to nothing. Whispering to something in the middle of nowhere. And pretending like, oh, you don't see her? That's the ghost of the school. And she's cre- it's this escalation. She's creating this arena of fear. She's creating just like this heightened tension in the place. So she's basically dressing up as a ghost. The girls are seeing this ghost. They're kind of figuring out who it is, though. And then she's telling these kids these ghost stories to get them more and more scared about where they're at. Because they're stuck there. It's an all-girls school. It's not like they go home for the weekend. They're trapped. And then eventually it escalated to the headmistress dressing up as a ghost, touching the girls while they slept. And again, the girls were, quote-unquote, sleeping. They were still awake and they knew what was going on. They just didn't want to wake up because it was super creepy. The person in charge of all of your safety and learning is dressed up as a ghost, walking around, touching you. Of course, the police came in, and they investigated the ghost stuff. They're like, well, that is weird that she's dressed up as a ghost. But they, as far as the allegations of the... And I think two of, I think the headmistress and someone else were, was suspended for dressing up as ghosts. But for the sexual assault stuff, the police are like, eh. Like, it's bizarre. I think... I don't know if they have more of a problem with people pretending to be ghosts in India than the sexual molestation stuff. But yeah, just weird. Why would that be your main concern? You're suspended. You put a sheet on your head. Yeah, the molestations. We'll deal with that later. Now we're going to jump real quickly to Eureka, California. Let's hop in the carpenter copter. We need some lightness for this episode. <laughs> Flying high above all the pedophiles. They're chasing the helicopter. Open up with the machine guns. Bolts are going right through them. We can't stop them. They're ghosts. <laughs> Taking off. They're like slow, slowly hovering off the ground trying to reach us. A fly is getting stuck with them. Anyway, so we fly. Now we're going to Eureka, California. There we're going to meet a man named Carpathian, the storyteller. This is actually still being litigated. So these are all alleged incidents. And this one kind of falls into it. But he's a man who dressed up as a ghost and told scary stories to kids. He's, he's under investigation right now. Actually, he was arrested for raping a child. This is a fun episode. He was arrested for raping a child. He was also a county clerk for um, the court system there. And so all the judges are like, I know this guy. Like, I, I have to recuse myself from dealing with this because I've known this guy for 20 years. All allegations, but that trial is currently going on. But again, another ghost possible alleged child molestation thing. Hop back on the carpenter copter. <laughs> We're going to South Bend, Indiana. This one I actually debated whether or not to even put in this because it's so bizarre. This woman finds a videotape. Well, not just a woman. A wife finds a videotape in her husband's possessions and puts it in. Now, I would think she probably had some suspicions before that. I've never been married, but I don't know if I would necessarily be suspicious of a blank cassette that my wife had sitting around. Okay, never mind. I would be. I'd be totally, totally. I'd think, does she know Samara? Is this the real ring video? It's a video of her banging a bunch of dudes. I'm like, phew. I still have, I can still live. I'm not going to die in seven days. Woohoo. So my heart breaks. She finds this videotape. She puts it in the VCR. He is dressed up as, imagine, okay. 
Imagine this is you. You find the videotape of a loved one. You put it in a VCR. First, you have to go to the Goodwill and find a VCR. You put it in the VCR, and you see your loved one dressed up as a ghost. And proclaiming yourself to be, I am Monster Ghost. Which, seriously, dude, that's the best name you could come up with. We had Carpathian the Storyteller in Eureka, and you're just Monster Ghost. I am Monster Ghost. And then you see a kid walk into frame. And the ghost... The ghost makes the kids poop his pants and then some other stuff happens and the wife divorces him. Like, that's as much as detail as I want to get into. It's actually as much detail as I have, but even that's too much. It's so disgusting. The wife took the tape out, went to the police, rightfully so, divorced him. He's in prison for the rest of his life. Now we're going to Hanover, Pennsylvania. Don't worry. You're like, hey, we just went to India and then he said it was all over the world. We're ending with a biggie here. Unfortunately, that's not a selling point when we're talking about this subject. Hanover, Pennsylvania. There's a man named Evan Smith. Again, I believe this is allegedly. He might actually have been convicted at this time. I think this is interesting because he's 42 and now it's my age. And I always think when I read stories about people kind of doing like really bizarre stuff, like blowing people's heads off or stuff like this, I'm thinking this guy is as old as I am. His brain should be as developed as mine is. And I'm smart enough not to do anything like this. But this guy apparently isn't. So anyways, there was two preteens in this house. He was a family friend. He was, again, telling them that there was a ghost in the house. was going to get him. He would write stuff on the mirrors. You know, like when the he would go and fog up the bathroom with the shower, allegedly. Write on the mirror, die virgins. Which is kind of grammatically weird. Shouldn't it have been die, comma, virgins? Because if it just says die virgins... I would think it meant that I should die a virgin. But if it was die, comma, virgins, then it would be like, die, virgins? Should have put a question mark on there. But anyway, so he would use that. He'd show that to the girls, and he'd he'd run out of the bathroom all sweaty because he'd been in a hot shower. He's like, hey, girls, girls, look at this. He used those sort of mental tricks for three years, molesting those young girls. Horrible, horrible thing. I'm pretty sure that guy got convicted. But now we're going to Bolivia. Now, this one I had heard about when it happened, and I kind of had to circle it back around in my research because I was like, I do remember something like this. There was a Mennonite compound, not a compound, but Mennonite, uh, I'll just call it a compound, down in Bolivia. The Mennonite is kind of like the, uh, not Irish, the Mennonite are kind of like the Amish where they kind of eschew all technology. You just want to go back to a simpler way of life. And the town was being plagued, or the compound, it's a town. It was being plagued by demonic attacks. Girls were waking up in the middle, of all ages, really, were waking up in the middle of the night, covered in semen. I mean, there's no other way I can say it. And some, sometimes they'd wake up and they'd have like bits of rope wrapped around their ankles and their hands. Sometimes they would have weird dreams about being out in a field, and when they woke up, they had grass stains on their knees. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh when I say that, but that sounds like a setup of a bad joke. And they couldn't figure it out. And these girls were complaining of, like, soreness in areas. But because of the religious nature of the community, it wasn't something that they were really speaking about. They would talk about it with their friends or with their mothers, but if you weren't a virgin, you had less of a chance of getting married. Because they, you know, it was that thing, like, you're not pure anymore in the eyes of God. 
But the idea was, even if we did tell people, there must be some sort of supernatural force because I go to bed and then I wake up and I have these injuries or I have this liquid on me. And what could possibly do that? It can't be one of our neighbors doing that because they're what, just climbing through the window and I don't wake up and my family doesn't wake up. Now, the elders of the town started to get suspicious. This how, And I should have said this too. This happened like four years ago. This isn't like old-timey Mennonite church. This happened like in 2014, 2015. It's very, very recent. I guess I should have started off with that. The elders of the church started to get suspicious. Now, they were getting suspicious because they were hearing mumblings from people in the town saying this stuff was happening. But that was kind of on the back burner. They were suspicious about one thing in particular. They started to notice a guy was getting up awfully early. They're like, why is that guy getting up so early? That's weird. Like, we have a pretty regimented schedule. Why is this particular guy waking up so early? That is what lit off their little, like, whoop, 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 whoop. What's that? Siren. Made them go, why is this guy waking up so early? So they follow him one night. They see him fiddling with this machine. It's this big pump machine that has a giant hose attached to it. And it's used to anesthetize cows. What they figured out was that him and like seven other dudes in this town, Mennonite men, would drag this machine out of the farm area, put it through the window of a house of their victim, and pump in this knockout gas and put the entire family to sleep for the night. And then they would climb in there, rape the girl that they wanted to, climb back down, put their ladder away, and everyone would wake up and they'd be like, man, I had a great night's sleep. I wonder what happened. They, I slept like a cow last night. This had been going on for so long. Over 100 girls were raped in this fashion. They were being just gassed out, completely knocked out. And they think like the girl who had the dream that she was in the field, she was kind of in and out of it. And that's why she would be like, why am I in this field? I had this dream I was in this field, but she was actually there. They would knock them out and it just went on for a long, long time. The guys have all been convicted at this point. But they had the perfect cover because of the religious fervor in the area, because they live their religion and they believe in these this battle between good and evil and these demons that when the reason why it went on so long was when they woke up and they had these wounds, their mind leapt to I'm being attacked by a demon. No human would be so evil to do this to me. No one in my town would be so evil to do this to me. It must be a supernatural force. And it wasn't. It was the evil in your own town. Super bizarre. And I, I, I think that's why these these work. I think kids are in... And you could go, Jason, I've never been so scared of a ghost that I'd let it, like, molest me. But we're dealing with kids here who, who are barely grappling with the concept of what death is. They don't understand the way the world works or anything about death or anything like that. They don't get it. And now you've got real-life ghosts walking around them and making these weird demands. Like, it would be effective for a kid, but it just doubles that mental torture. It's absolutely disgusting. Well, I stopped researching this. I could honestly have... I believe I could have kept finding stuff like this. As I was looking around, I found a paranormal investigator who was arrested for banging a, a teenage kid. And they had to shut down the whole paranormal group. I think it's out there. I think it's a problem that um, exists because it's very easy to scare people into getting what you wanted. 
saying there's a ghost coming and writing diverge. Yeah, that's not a pun either. And write divergence on a on a cl- mirror for a preteen is no different, really, than saying I will beat you up if you don't give me your shoes. They're both completely based on fear. It's just it's weird. When I came up with this topic, I was thinking there has to be some weirdo out there who's like, yeah, I used my Ouija board and I met Michael Jackson as a 10-year-old or something like that. Just like some totally random weirdo. That's what I was looking for. Instead, I found real-life incidents of just creepy people doing creepy stuff. And I would have rather found the weirdo with the Ouija board than Monster Ghost or the Indian Headmistress. Or any of that. It's just awful, man. <laughs> Ugh. What a world, dude. <laughs> like, I never, I wouldn't have thought. I, I, I. But you never know what you're going to find when you, I guess, when you type Ghost Child Molester into Google. But, man, what, what, ugh. I got no other way to end this episode other than just going, blah. So gross. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O'Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mm-hmm.